Mooney, and this is Free Speed. On this 10-minute show, I will talk to elite rowers and coaches about three important questions. What is the most important part of the stroke? What is your favorite drill? And what women's race is? Today, I'm talking to the one, the only, Megan Masnicki. <laughs> Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Brooke. Um, let's see. So my name is Megan and I was a women's national team member for the U.S. from 2010 through 2016 and then again in 2019, not 20 because 20 didn't happen, and 21. Uh, I won a gold medal in the women's eight in the London Olympics in 12, the Rio Olympics in 16, and I won five world championships in between them, all in the women's eight. And now I live on the West Coast. It's a pretty impressive resume. I'm not gonna lie, and it's definitely intimidating. <laughs> yeah, but you know me, I'm not an intimidating person. <laughs> right, but your resume is still intimidating. Fair enough, fair enough. So maybe you'll be able to help with some of these questions. I mean, maybe they're also like above your pay grade. I don't really. <laughs> they, they could be above my pay grade for sure. They might be too complex. Yeah. Yes. All right, let's try the first question. All right. In your opinion, what is the most important part of the stroke and why? Hmm. Well, for me, since I was in the U.S. Women's Eight, I would say the back end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the catch. Uh, I think that, you know, it's an easy answer for me. If you don't put your blade in the water, then you're not going to move the boat. Um, and I spent most of my career slash all of my career slash still trying to figure out how to take the catch the best way in depending on what boat you're in depending on the size like you know the eight versus the pair versus the single versus the quad um i think that's the most important part of the stroke it's go ahead do you agree do you disagree um i wasn't gonna agree or disagree in that in my follow-up but i do agree Okay, because good. without a catch, you can't have an impulse. And without an impulse, you can't have a leg drive. And without a leg drive, you can't have speed. Right. And, and without so, speed, you can't have free speed. So and it's such a simple it's such a simple concept, but so hard to do, right? Like, you know, people always talk about, oh, you know, I well, when I when I work with people who are younger than me or whatever, or if I like work with a junior athlete or something, and they ask me, you know, how what do you work on? Like you're so much better than me. And I was like, I work on the exact same stuff that you work on right? Like it's the same concept. Rowing is rowing, whether you're in high school or at the elite level, the concepts are the same. I've just been working on it for that much longer, trying to refine it, kind of like a golf swing, right? Like there's never an end point where someone is not kind of tweaking their swing technically um, with a golf club. And so I think of the rowing stroke that way, like you're constantly adjusting it and making changes depending on the environment you're in, the boat you're in, um, what your strengths are, your weaknesses are, and it's fun. I completely agree. I have coached a little bit at the Hunt School in Princeton. And some days I've worked on the exact same thing in my practice as I'm trying to get them to work on or another coach is trying to get them to work on. And it's all the same across the board. It's just some people, once you get to a higher level, you have a little bit more understanding about what this is doing. And like, this feels like this because of this, but that takes a lot to get yeah. to that point. And like, the, way are there some... the way it's articulated to you makes a big difference too, right? Like 
because it's going to click differently depending on how you hear it and depending on who you are. And like, it's one of the, I think one of the nuances of being a coach is being able to articulate things in, they articulate the exact same point in a dozen different ways, because you never know which way is going to actually resonate with your athlete. And they're going to be like, oh, that makes total sense. And I think that's what I've had to work on, like, most of the time when I'm, in, like, as a new coach, is like, how do I say this in a way that they will understand or that they will cue them the right way? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard. The learning process. And everything is. Same with the catch, as it turns out. As it turns out. Still haven't figured that one out. All right. Sorry. So maybe these are related. Maybe they're not. What is your favorite drill? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I'm a big fan of pause drills um, because I think it helps bring a new lineup together pretty, can help bring a new lineup together pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, if you gather at the exact same point and it's just, you just kind of, uh, drill that home, so to speak, it's a little bit easier to bring the crew together quicker in a shorter period of time. So I would say pause drills. I like pause drills. Um, I would say I like cut the cake, but I kind of hate cut the cake because I'm terrible at getting my body over. So not my favorite drill, but perhaps a drill I should work on more. Um, I guess those would be my, my top. Oh, or this is a good one. I did one with, um, Chris Korzanowski once where, um, you uh, work on the quickness of your back end, but you can't you can't yank on it as you learn when you start to do it. Um, it's it's a quickness drill with your hands and kind of like the back quarter of your of your slide, which is a lot of fun. And then you slowly lengthen it out and lengthen it out and lengthen it out until you're doing the exact same thing that you were doing at quarter slide at full stroke. That's a good one. Something that he had us run through a couple times when he was coaching us a little bit this fall. And it took a while to get it smooth enough yeah. before he would say we were graduating to the next level. We started yeah. all as middle schoolers and then we hoped to get to the high school level. We never got beyond the high school level. That's what uh, Jess and I did this summer when we were training for Henley and we were at our uh, Princeton training camp with Chris Korzanowski as our coach for a week. Uh, he worked on that with us. Um, another one that I thought of actually that Skip taught me is the kind of the, the zero pressure catch and accelerate through the middle, which um, a little bit relates back to the, the catch being the most, in my opinion, the most important part of the stroke, um, putting the blade in with no pressure on the foot plate until you feel it lock on and then gradually adding press. Uh, it kind of helps with that. The timing between the blade and the leg drive is something I have just been like banging my head against the walls, trying to figure it out, depending on the boat and the speed. Like it has to be so on point to like get it correctly. <laughs> Otherwise you'll be, it'll be so super heavy or you'll be missing it or maybe your blade That's doesn't That's why you just gotta be That's super, all. super fit. Because no matter what, if you make it super heavy, if you're super fit, you can last it out. You can outlast it. <laughs> You're just deadlifting 400 pounds instead of exactly. 100 to 200 pounds. Exactly. So. Speaking of fitness and racing, what do you think wins races? 
Uh, well, this is an easy question, actually. Um, so what? Let's say on the national team we race internationally. I'll be generous and say, what, 10 times a year if I'm generous? That's very generous, but so yes. For, so for 10 days of 365 days you're racing, what makes you win races are what you do for the other 355 days. It's 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 really that simple to me. You know, like it's what you do on race day is almost... I mean, obviously you have to kind of execute, but if you haven't done what needs to be done in the 355 days where you're left to train, whether it's on your own, in a group, IT, on the water, on land, then you're just not going to be ready or in the best position to capitalize on the opportunity when you race. Because that's all that it is, right? An opportunity to show up and put your best foot forward and show what you've done over the last 355 days or one, two, three, four years. Yeah. And just put it out there. I thought for a second you were going to say um, your ability to use your traps. Mm, but very in important. all seriousness, <laughs> yes, like the training and showing up and the consistency and being able to show up every single day. I agree. It does win races and it also teaches you how to like be fierce and, you know, mm -hmm. want to like beat someone just a little bit more. Yeah. And they might want to beat you that I was lucky in my career in that I, I, I actually enjoy training, you know, and that's not a universal truth for all people who race, right? Like some people don't enjoy training. They love racing, but they hate training. I happen to really enjoy both, which is nice. So, um, getting me to work out, is generally not that hard to do. Uh, so no, it, was, it was, it was, um, it was something that I, I enjoyed doing. You know, I enjoyed pushing myself. I enjoyed seeing like how uncomfortable I could make myself feel before I decided that it was enough and I backed off or I, or I quit on it. Not like obviously stopped, but where I mentally would be like, okay, I, I can't do anymore. Yeah. Um, just kind of finding that edge and being comfortable sitting right up next to it for a long period of time. You know, it's, having and I live out at the I live you know this because we talk regularly but everybody else listening might not know this um I live out on the west coast now and train out of CRC we're skip coaches and I watch the men do their training and it's always fun for me to watch them if they're doing something hard uh on the erg to see which ones are comfortable just kind of sitting there in the discomfort and aren't afraid of it and don't like back away from it it's always um it's always interesting to me, a, a good like psychological study right out in front of you. It's like, okay, who's, who's okay with, even if it's going terrible, like, you know, if those herb pieces that are terrible where you have to fight to hold, like it's going back and forth between one or two splits that are probably slower than you want to be going, but you're like selling your soul to hold it. And who can fight for that for however long the pieces is, is fun to watch. I think like being with the group and, enjoying the training you're doing with those teammates makes that a little 100%, bit easier you know and if you and if you enjoy what you're doing and the people you're doing it with it helps you push yourself against that edge for even longer right you know and then yeah. you build you build confidence as a group in that and you're like wow i remember you know in the middle of winter or whatever in a hard week of training where this person you know maybe didn't have their best piece but they didn't back down from it like they just kept banging their head against that wall until it was done and that gives you confidence to line up and race with that person and be like yeah this person's not going to cave they may be incredibly uncomfortable and not like giving 
the absolute fastest number that they could possibly give, but they're giving 110% of what they have. Yeah. And I think giving really give everything you have on that day, no matter the day, no matter the output you are physically producing, like in the end, that will go so much further than, oh, on this day, when you feel really good, you'll perform. But when you're not feeling good, you don't necessarily have the same fight through. And that's something that takes years, decades, yeah, such a long time it's, to it's be a able constant, to. It's a constant learning. And that, yeah. but I mean, let's say that's exactly right. Like you have to be able to perform when you don't feel 100% because <laughs> there is a little bit of luck in, in racing in the sense, like if you wake up and something's a little off, like maybe you have a scratchy throat, maybe your legs are more sore than you thought they were going to be. Like you have to be able to have the confidence to be, to say to yourself, well, I remember through my training when I had to, you know, do some workout that was a hard or challenging and I didn't feel my best, but it went well. And I was still like, I still was able to do it and execute it and succeed on it. That builds your confidence so that when you do wake up the morning of a race or something and you're like, mm, I don't feel that great. Okay, fine, whatever. That is what it is. I'm still showing up to race because I can, because I've done it before. In the end, that is what wins races. Yeah. Megan, thank you so much for coming on this show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Brooke.